Hello, and welcome to the Wade John Taylor Podcast. It is a rare Sunday podcast. It is May 15th, 2022. It has been a long time since I was, have been able to devote the time to, to sit down and do a podcast. And for that, I apologize. And there's a lot to make up for because there's a lot to say that I just have not been able to get out. And I hope to accomplish that today. And so this one is going to be perhaps much longer than than the ones previous. And um, so here it is. Sit back, um, have fun, and um, let me know what you think. And hopefully we'll be hearing from you soon. See you on the other side of this break. Hello and welcome back. Um, first off, what have we been up to? Well, um, our latest edition of the pamphlet is the Spirit of Industry, and um, boy, that one that one was a pretty wild one. Um, we actually showed um, about this event called the uh, the Missianza. Miss I'm terrible at the pronunciation. It was hard enough for me to spell it while I was uh, researching it. But anyway, essentially what it was, was a, a full-on medieval tournament that was held um, just outside of Philadelphia in 1778. And, and I, what I did is, is I quoted from, from two pretty, uh, pretty outstanding sources uh, to get a, a good grasp of, of what actually happened. And so a lot of, of this edition is actually focused on that, um, actually from pages 9 to, to 21 or something like that. So it, it's quite a lengthy article. But what it does is is it goes into and it shows how <laughs> wow, how, how how the elite of, of the era are pretty much uh, blind and ignorant like the the elite of today. Uh, they, they had this flotilla of barges and, and like the three lead barges um, out of Philadelphia were, were orchestras or the, the military band, I believe actually. And they were, you know, playing "God Save the Queen" and all the the, the good, um, good songs of the day, and, and behind them were all these other barges uh, going down the Delaware River, 
um, with all of the the lords, ladies, knights, and and everything uh, in all their their finest, uh, in enjoying a nice uh, cruise, if it were, until they they arrived at the the battlefield where the the medieval tournament uh, began. So so anyway, that's uh, in our latest edition of uh, the pamphlet, uh, Volume Two, Issue Eight, called "The Spirit of Industry." Well worth um, checking out, and of course, there's many many other things in there. Um, but, um, oh, also of, of note, a, a diary, uh, Matthew Patton, we cover a little bit in that, um, an individual who basically recorded almost, almost every day of his life, the coming and goings, at least the common part, and it allows you to, um, to really see how people lived in the area. So, so we cover that among, among every, uh, many other things. Before that, we had um, a pretty fantastic, oh, heavily, both of the longer I do this, the more research goes into these. But uh, Consequences was um, issue seven in volume two. And um, in, in that one, uh, we had a couple of extra Adobe licenses left over, I think, from um, when we were doing our website. So I was actually able to to actually have a little bit of time, make this one pretty, um, put a ton of research into this. There is... Um, some phenomenal, um, uh, phenomenal stories from Lucy Higgs Nichols. Um, we go into um, April of 1778. There's the battles and everything during that period of time. And um, uh, Elizabeth Jane, uh, Liz, uh, Elizabeth Jane, a story of a lady who. Um, just a common everyday person who who showed bravery and 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 braved fire to to do such an astonishing act that uh, the, the the British were were stunned and at first didn't fire at at her. Um, anyway, but there there's a lot of stuff there. We've been really busy with the pamphlet, and um, uh, that's just just part of it. Each of each of these issues that that my family puts out each month is. It's about two weeks of, of heavy, nonstop, 18-hour day research and packing everything in and, and just trying to deliver a good product that that has some good sources, um, that are authentic, that where we can tell the story, true history, from from a lot of stories that you might not have, have heard before. And uh, so we're going to continue doing that as, as long as, as we possibly can. Uh, times are tough for everyone who's doing anything. Our, our costs uh, to produce this have, have doubled and our, our subscriptions have, have dropped way down. Um, and, and so that's just the normal course of, of what happens when, when we have an economy that is, is on the brink of collapse. And, but we're going to keep doing whatever we can. Um, we have at least enough printing supplies and stuff to keep going. So as long as there's a post office, those people who have already subscribed will receive their, their editions. Um, and, and that much we can at least say. Um, but beyond that, I don't think anyone can say much of anything. And that's what I'm about ready to get into. But first, uh, the new website. What do you guys think about it? Um, it's been up for a few months. You've seen the new interface with how the pamphlet, um, you can see the digital edition. Uh, you can thumb through the pages. It's got, um, it's, it's just, there is a lot of cool, there's a lot of cool things of it, at least on the desktop version of, um, I know even, 
even the the version on the phone is pretty, the mobile ver- version is pretty cool. So let us know what you think of that, and um, certainly we'll we'll continue to try and deliver a platform that gets this content out so that you can share it. And once again, we are completely we we survive off of donations, um, and that covers about um, half the cost of our our paper and stuff. So anything that you guys want to do, whether it be ordering reprints, uh, subscriptions. Or just flat donations. We we accept that, and that helps helps keep the lights on, so to speak. All right. Without and blah, 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 as I trip over myself. Oh yeah, I'm also very rusty, having not done this in a while, and um, I'm just gonna do as much one and done as I can. I don't have a script or anything, so I'm just shooting from the hip. So if I bore you to death, well, feel free to fast forward to the next section that'll bore you to death. And if it's interesting, then hold on tight and have fun. All right, first off, before I get into all the other subjects, I want us all to think about one particular class of people in this world who desperately needs us, who desperately seeks our best selves to give them the best guidance because the entire future hinges on them. That class of people is our children. As we reflect back and look over the past couple years of, of the insanity that's been thrown upon us, who is thinking about the children? Certainly us parents, we're, we're thinking about our children. But our our leaders? Has anything that anyone has said over the past couple of years, in all common sense, taken into consideration their thoughts, their needs, their wants, their desires, their precious mental health, and the damage that could be done to these precious beings with all the nonsense that has happened? And come to think of it, <laughs> where's the representation for the parents? Where, where are leaders standing up for the rights of parents to decide what's right in their life, in their children's life? Isn't that the ultimate liberty that our founding fathers fought for? The right to raise up our children in our own faith, in our own ways, in our own cultures, in our own respects, without interference from government? Where is the representation for those parents now? Instead, those representatives are fighting for the power to take away the rights of the parents. Both sides. Shocking. I know. And, and I'm, I'm shocked to hear that as well. You know, in, in, in my state, we tried really hard to, to get a, a resolution through to recognize parents as the, the primary stakeholders in the upbringing of their children's lives. What's more common sense than that, right? But the, the leadership... The Republican leadership colluded with the Democratic leadership. And and what we have is the attorneys getting involved and saying, you know, 
this is a departure from from the policy of Washington State, or at least our precedent, and and we don't want to we don't want to depart from that. And so they watered down the bill, or the resolution, if it were. And and so here's the end result. The, the leadership uses their attorneys to do their dirty work. Government, you're going to find out, at least I have in the past few years, when they don't want to agree to somebody, they get their attorneys to say something. They'll say, hey, the attorney said it's not a good idea, sorry. I've heard that a lot. A lot of boards have these attorneys that at their beck and call. And an attorney can find a way for them to weasel out of their responsibility to the people. It's shocking to me that that the representatives, especially those on the right in leadership, cannot seem to recognize that they're betraying the people that they beg for votes all the time. They're so wrapped up in in their their themselves, to be honest, that they're not looking out for for the parents. They, they themselves take these pictures all over the place. Oh, look, I'm a mom, I'm a dad, I'm a parent, and, and look, I'm throwing a, a baseball to my kid. Look, I'm a dad, I'm a father. When I was young, I was a crappy father. The older I got, the better I got at it. I don't need a picture on an internet to show somebody that I'm a dad. But lo and behold, to get in the political game, that you, guess what, you got to paint this, this sickening picture? To, to to what end? You know, it, it's a popularity contest. This reminds me of high school where you've got posters all over the wall and cheerleaders saying, vote for da-da-da-da-da, and there's really no substance other than everyone feels good for a moment. And then at the end of it all, you're still stuck in school being indoctrinated by people who, well, have no interest in teaching you much of anything, to prepare you for a world who really don't give much of a much of much for you, and there's no representation for you. This is the picture that we are painting for our children right now because of our inaction and because of not stepping up to the plate. Well, the time for us to do something is now. And I'm going to get right into that after this break. Hello and welcome back. If you have not listened to us before and this is your first time around and would like to know what the heck this is all about, um, go ahead and check out our website, www.thepamphlet.net. And there you're going to find all of our editions of, of the pamphlet, which really started it all. Uh, the podcast, you know, we sometimes talk a little bit about what we do there, but we try and correlate more on real-world events and how our history might actually pertain to that. Um, so there's the difference there. But go ahead and check it us out at www.thepamphlet.net. And all of our previous issues as of the time of this recording um, are available there. Um, new issues uh, are physically available for subscribers and supporters um, right around the first in digital f- edition and as they're printed shortly thereafter. 
And then after our subscribers have have had theirs mailed to them, then we typically release the digital edition online. So there is usually a slight delay in a few days or or at most, I think, about seven days um, between the time that we actually print this and the digital edition comes available for the public. But if you can't wait, then please consider becoming a supporter, subscriber um, in some form or fashion. And you can... um, you can find out all that stuff on our website, www.thepamphlet.net. All right, with that out of the way, let's get right back into this. Um, you know, I, I, I can't help re- reflecting on, on my, our latest issue, uh, The Spirit of Industry. And I don't think I encapsulated that in my, my first part. That I talked a lot about the, the medieval thing, because that was pretty fascinating, having a medieval tournament in the middle of our revolution. We didn't even know it. But the, the other cool thing was was how I pointed out the the strange hypocrisy of it all. Here is the finest of the finest niceties, the greatest linen, cotton, food from, from all over the far-flung British Empire. And in the same county, in the same town, um, people were forbidden to make their own nails. It was just against the law. The colonists weren't allowed to have sheep that produced wool because, well, wool needed to be produced elsewhere. It was a pretty fascinating economic arrangement in that the elites in government controlled what people could and couldn't do through industry. The colonists were certainly allowed to produce many things and ship them overseas as long as they were on English ships. And the English would then in turn take them to their factories and return finished goods to the colonies. So the ships were full both ways. And the colonists were forbidden to develop their own industries. Certainly there were pig iron factories, or foundries, I guess is a better word, um, that produced raw iron, but there wasn't uh, advanced foundries and things because it, and manufacturing, it just wasn't allowed. So consider that, that you know, consider this when you're, you're reading this, if I didn't portray that in this issue enough, that the colonists weren't allowed to have any of the fine things themselves or create the fine things themselves, but they certainly could purchase them so long as they had the means to do so. And well, that wasn't available to everybody anyway. So, um, I was going somewhere with that. Oh, so it was, it was on my mind as I'm reflecting on, on our current events, because similarly, Back then, there was a, this this great world war, and we know it as the French and Indian War, um, but but it truly was a, a, a world war that, that and, and it had been a lot of, of wars around the world that the British Empire had committed vast amounts of treasure to, and and then they couldn't pay it back. You know, they run they they suffered the same kind of economic calamity that we're suffering now, and well, back then they just put the burden on the taxpayers. and they saw what happened. That's why we're not seeing a huge burden on the real taxpayers right now. It's all it printing fake money into oblivion. But eventually that's going to come home to roost and, and we're going to be faced in these some se- severe circumstances. But let's talk about a couple of things about these so-called representatives. Because of all the things I talk about, the war, the famine, the, the crazy problems in our agriculture, um, industrial problems, um, global natural problems that we don't understand um, or don't even take time to study or talk about because, well, there's more important things on Netflix or something. I don't know. But 
so it all comes down to to our leadership. Now, for too long, we have taken for granted the the thought that we elect certain people and they're going to go do what they say they're going to do and they're going to actually look out for our best interests. And we've assumed that that's just what they do. And, and even for a long time, when we recognized that they were no good for us and didn't do what they said they were going to do, we still send them back to office time and, and time again. And, and, and I started wondering why. Well, in, in, in Washington State, there was, we, we used to have this, this open primary where in the beginning anyone could pick whoever they wanted to go for primaries. And there was a court decision that said that's, that's not right. And, and the parties should, should pick their thing. And, and so you have to choose if you're going to be uh, voting on the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. And, and so you, you can't, and any attempts to do anything, they call it a jungle primary because they use this, this rhetoric um, to, to make things sound more, more terrible than they are. But things were actually functional in this state. And here's what happened in this state back then because this allowed more common everyday people to stick their name on the ballots because they would garner some more popular support from cross-party aisles. And they would have a greater chance to becoming a Republican candidate or a Democratic candidate. And the parties would be more centrist. And things would happen in the state in the more common interest of the people. But there was a series of court decisions in in involving the, the I think it was actually the Ninth Circuit, and, and beyond that, I think the Supreme Court. And we had to change the voting in here to, to basically say, okay, the parties get to choose their... Uh, the, the way that they're going to put their candidates, okay, that's, that's great. But in a two-party system, that excludes any independents or third parties because they just can't get the money, can't get the funding. And, and believe me, I've looked. The third parties just, they don't have it together. As much as their ideas might be great, there's no grassroots movement to put these parties where they need to be right now in our country. So the only thing that we're stuck with is these two parties. But here's the problem. Most average everyday Americans are about right in the middle. They don't want things too far left and too far right. So they're stuck with this choice between garbage and garbage. And whoever they vote for is not going to represent them. And they don't. So voting is broken, at least in, in this state, how we choose our, our representatives, because whatever system that they've chose to adopt on the other side of this uh, Supreme Court decision has done nothing but destroy this state because it strengthens the party. And in the party, and trust me, I, I, I know, a lot of people in the party think that, well, you're not going to be able to run unless you do exactly what the party tells you. So then you have a system where two parties are, are promoting candidates that are only obedient to the party and not obedient to the people. Well, I'm going to explain to you what that is. It's called communism. I know it's shocking. But guess what? That's what we've replaced our system with, is a party system, where the party loyalists determine what really goes on in our government. Now, I can't speak to what's going on in other states, but I can at least speak to what's going on in Washington state. And I suspect, on a, on a 
micro level, or well, you're even a macro level, it, it's probably happening across the country because the symptoms are the same. Whether you're a Republican state or a Democratic state, it really doesn't matter anymore because neither one of the party leaderships represent the people. That's not to say that the parties are bad, although they look terrible right now, but the leadership in them needs to go. So here's what everybody needs to do. Now, in many times, uh, in many places, there are filing deadlines, and the filing deadline is coming up pretty close in Washington State. So here is our responsibility. Our responsibility is to find good representation and support that and vote for that representation. Now, when that representation does not exist, then we have an obligation to run ourselves. And if we do not take up that mantle then we turn that over to the radicals and crazies and pride-ridden people with big egos who think that their stuff doesn't stink to run this country and this town and this valley and, and whatever it is, wherever you live. And that's what's happened. So if you want to make a change, then you find out when your filing deadlines are. And if it's a few days away, then you better get cracking. There are things that you can file for, um, even if you're not pol terribly politically motivated, you know, you can, you can file and become a precinct committee officer. And, and if you become a precinct committee officer in the party of your choice, then you have a voice in that party. And you can start ensuring that you want to make sure that whoever, whatever leaders that that party supports, is going to be representative of the people. Now, that is the surest and, and most way... Or, that's a terrible way of saying it. Anyway, that's the surest way right now that we have to, to do this. So whether it be a, a precinct committee officer, a, a board member, librarian, um, city council, uh, county commissioners, uh, let's see, state representatives, state senate, congress, legislature, I, you know, whatever is open in your area, please consider... Um, Please consider running for something because what this, this does is let, let that leadership know that there are new people coming and new people get to vote within the party to shape the party. And it's time for those people, all those people who are sick and tired of the way things are to get involved in your local party of your choice. Don't care what side, doesn't matter. The bottom line is that you get involved and do your best to support liberty, freedom, and candidates that represent people. That's what you can do. So if you don't see it, stand up and do it yourself. I know it's a huge task, and I know that it's a scary thing, but nobody else is doing it. That's why we're in this situation. And if you don't do it, if you don't do it, then who are you leaving it up to? Somebody who certainly is not qualified for it. Because what we've been getting sucks. And it's only getting worse. Do we trust the current administration in any way, shape, or form on either end of the aisle to actually fix anything? History and what they've done says no. There's, there's certainly a few good ones in there. But the vast majority of them have got to go. So consider voting out an incumbent because somebody new is better than what you've had. And let's just get some new stuff going because we can't address any of these problems unless we actually have leadership that can recognize 
one simple common sense fact like parents are the primary stakeholders in their children's upbringing. And until you get representation that can figure that out, you don't have representation. Well, that's about all the time I have right now. There are tons of things that I really want to get get into. Can't say that I'll even have the time to. I'm sure that you're going to be hearing a lot more of me in the future. And I'm sure that you are going to be hearing a lot more from the pamphlet. We are going to continue doing everything we can to turn this country around. We are going to continue to do everything we can to bring back representation into this country. We are going to do everything we can to make this country great. And if that makes me ultra, hallelujah. Have a good one, guys. Happy Sunday. And keep your loved ones closed. God bless you. And God bless all of those who stand for liberty and freedom. Hello, everyone. This is Way John Taylor. This is a bonus section. Um, I've kind of figured that if this is your first time hearing me, which in all likelihood it very well might be, um, you've missed some of my other messages. And one of the most critical things that you can be doing right now is preparing for a long-term disconnect in the supply line, especially food and water. So please ensure that you are doing everything that you can to, to stock up on needed things. Uh, consider the things that you buy on an, on an average thing and, and considering buying more each time so that you can continue to, to prepare for disruptions that may last for a few weeks or a few months while our country's going through some pretty difficult times. You know, it's really pretty discouraging to me that I don't hear leaders actually preparing the people for the difficult times that we're seeing. I'm a former soldier, and, well, I've got a brain on my head and, and a couple of eyes that tell me that things are not exactly rosy out there. And in normal situations, you'd have leaders tell you, well, you should be doing this, you should be doing this, and here's our plans to weather the storm. And in this case, well... We hear a lot of crickets, and we see a lot of nothing on the horizon, and so it's up to us to ensure that we do our fair share. Here's my recommendations, as, as far and as abbreviated as they could possibly be. First and foremost, start your own victory garden. You can model them after the victory gardens of World War II, but the victory here is preventing your family from starving or your neighbors if you have plenty. In either event, do all that you can to grow as much food as you possibly can to alleviate the strain on the supply line that we're going to have. Or, excuse me, that we're actually already experiencing. So with that in mind, what do you do next? First off, you stockpile all the normal items that you use in an average month and consider that you want to have about a month's supply on hand. And when you get to that level, you double it, and then you double it again. That includes things like toothpaste, soap, shampoo. Well, you're going to have cleanser to take care of you, the cleaning needs around the house. Consider the things that you normally do and make sure that you have extra. And continue to pad those away as much as you can because from here on, things are only going to become more expensive and less available because, well, our government has just dropped the ball on everything. Now, we're going to make it through because we're Americans. We always make it through. But we have some tough love coming our way in that we need to wake up and see our situation for what it truly is. We need to put our boots back on and our Levi's back on and our farm hats on to keep the sun off and get out and get ourselves busy and feed ourselves. 
and feed our neighbors, look after each other, love one another, and stop the hateful conversations about who did what. You know what? Our government and the elites are the problem. They don't really care about you. All they care about is getting reelected, and so the money train flows. You want to look at something? You look at every one of these campaigns coming up, and you find out where that money comes from. You look at the top donors. How many oil companies, how many this companies, how many this and that? Now, hey, every company gets to support. I get that, but come on. Take money from the people. I get that that businesses need to be represented, but they're the only ones represented now, okay? Big pharma, big corporations, the people isn't represented. Anyway, I've gone on all about that. It's just a bonus section. Look, take care of yourselves. Take care of your family. If you're new to the understanding that things are not all that well, well, welcome aboard. There are plenty of us out here. There are plenty of like-minded individuals that are not as crazy as a lot of people make us out to be. And we're just trying to love our neighbor. So do the things you need to do to take care of yourself and prepare, even on limited budgets. Yes, it's possible. I understand how it is possible. I'm a disabled veteran on a limited income, and I make it work because I watch my money. We can all watch our money. We can all take care of the things that we can take care of. I've overcome a lot of challenges in my life to, to rebuild myself several times. And, and it's never fun, but it can be done. Uh, never let anyone tell you that you're done, you're finished, you're washed up in this life, okay? Just don't. Don't accept that. You are somebody absolutely special that was created for this time and for this age to stand up and make this country great. Yeah, that's right, you. Each one of us as individuals has a role to play. Whether you're making candles to shed light or taxiing people around from meeting to meeting or going out and canvassing for some unknown candidate and knocking doors and saying, hey, vote for this guy or gal. That's doing something. Do something positive. This is our time. And you know what? You've, you've got a dual-pronged dual, dual approach. On the one hand, you have a catastrophe coming up that is going to hit us all. And on the other hand, we have elections coming up and we must, we absolutely must have good people in there. And right now we have not had good people. We need leaders. We need new people. New people who know nothing are better than the corruption that we have. Consider that. Well, that is the bonus section. I... I had this prompting, couldn't let it go, and wouldn't leave me alone until I added this section. So somewhere out there, there is somebody who needs to hear the words, one, you are not alone. And there are many of us who are just trying to hold on to our liberty and take care of one another. And that involves planting a garden, raising some chickens, livestock, something simple that you can wrap your head around. Do your part. Absolutely do your part, whatever that may be. Because we must all come together as Americans to face the greatest challenge we have ever faced in our lifetime. And that is coming our way quickly. 
And any leader who fails to talk about that, fails to address these issues, is not a leader that you can have or should have going into it. Consider that. As we start thinking about signing up for elections, registering for elections, and, well, representing the Underwater Basket Weaving Club, if that's who we run for. Thank you all for sticking with me. It's been a long time. I'm sorry for the absence. I'll do my best, but as you're about ready to find out, there are so many things going on and it's hard to get a hold of, but I'm sure you're going to be hearing a lot more from me real soon. Take care. God bless.